I'm trying to elevate small talk to medium talk. Hi, I'm Alexander Chester. And Av, are you bothered by my high pussy percentage? And I'm Av Sinevsky, and oh, I'm sorry, we have to stop. We're out of time. Welcome back to Pretty, Pretty, Pretty Good, A Curb Your Enthusiasm podcast. As Av referenced, we are starting this podcast very late at night, uh, delayed because of uh, some March madness. It is uh, March 31st, 2021, as we're recording, but we are talking about season six episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm, The Therapists, which originally aired on November 4th, 2007. That sounds like an election year, November 4th. Yeah, but not 2007. Yeah, I mean, it's an election year in like New Jersey. Right yeah, now, but though. not, uh, right. Yeah. yeah, not necessarily important. Not one. anywhere that people care about. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you have uh, anything that you're angry at me about? You want to yell at me about <laughs> anything we need to cover? Yeah, you haven't cost me any money that I can think of. So, yeah. Okay. How is your, uh, your Passover? Uh, my Passover is excellent so far. It's a good holiday and I'm a big fan. Yeah, I'm not such a big fan. Oh. It's okay. Um, I mean, the thing I was most concerned about was. Uh, opening up my work email on uh-huh. on Monday night after being gone for seventy two hours, yeah, and it was that. surprisingly manageable. Okay, so, so that's a win. Yeah, but yeah. Why, why are you not so enamored with your Passover? No, I I'm just like in Passover in general. I just find to be like such a chore. It's just like it's just like all the little extra things that are just like such like nonsense on top of nonsense on top of nonsense. Like it's like can we just like. We just like won't eat bread because like the Jewish people couldn't have bread. Like, we, like how did it become like? And I need to get like a new coffee maker. Yeah, but listen, like, what is that? It's it's lefum, so crazy. Lefum tsar agra, no pain. Yeah, no I, I guess. Yeah, I think that you enjoy the holiday more because of all the ridiculous bullshit you have to go through on on the front end. I think I enjoy it less. So that's that's my counter. <laughs> I think okay. if I think if it was like less stressful, yeah. and everything was just like so, like oh, it needs to be like immaculate and do everything, and like I'm not allowed to like eat food in certain parts of my house for like 40 hours before, and then it becomes a, a shrinking size that I can eat in in the last yeah. 24 hours. 48 just, hours, you should be so lucky. When I, when I was growing up, it was like six months after Hanukkah. Yeah, yeah, for yeah, it, literally though, in my house, it was like the day after Purim was like okay, yeah. Pesach is gone. What 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 I've learned. Um, as I've become an adult and, and become learned both in the world, but also in Jewish law is that 99% of what my mother does is complete bullshit. It's just her own yeah. neuroses and wanting to be clean and be insane and which is fine. But uh, you know, don't, you know, don't blame God or Judaism for uh, your own yeah. bullshit. Um, yeah. I wanted to follow up. Did we, have, did we hear back from the guess who guy? The, oh yes, we did. Okay. So I have a theory. It was very unsatisfying. It was not as good as the underwear guy. Okay. Well, well I have my theory because I played Guess Who with my daughter for like an hour one of the days of the holiday. No, I didn't cheat, but I realized right away the easiest way to cheat. Um, like when you play Guess Who, you both take a card and what's the first thing that you do? You put that card on the top? You, no, you put you – Oh, put, you cover that person. You cover – you put that guy down. Oh, so if you know so where it, they are on the other person's board, then you – I see what you're saying. You know right away. Right. Yeah. So it's like you just memorize like 20 spots, which is like yeah. not that hard. So I bet that's, that's what he was. That was my theory that that's what he was doing. Yeah, that that that's better than there being a mirror behind <laughs> what he was actually doing. But what much less? No, much less satisfying is here's his response in full. Ha! I don't remember though. I do now remember us playing. I think I was always just guessing with a large amount of feigned confidence, and then sometimes getting it right. Which I mean, I uh, guess it's possible because my memory is thirty years old and might right. not be totally accurate. 
But if that's true, then that's a complete letdown. Then there's no story. Yeah, that, that, the story right, is I, no used, story. I used to play Guess Who when I was a kid, and sometimes I lost. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's not, it's not as good a story as yeah. the one you originally told. <laughs> and, Which and, we've no, found over the years is sometimes what happens yeah. with your stories. Well, so but I don't more, know. Uh, I, it, well, it's frustrating because the underwear guy, you know, I think uh, it was great, his reaction. No, that one worked, That yeah. one panned out. I don't know on that one. Yeah, I don't think I don't think uh, David Marcus is correct. I mean, I mean, he could be correct, but my memory, it's not that I invented this memory because I've been thinking this for years. Like I thought this in high school. I thought this at the time. Like I, I, every time I think of him, the first thing I think about is how he would he always beat it. me. He would, well, I, he'd always beat me on the first guess. So it's like magic. You just accept it. But yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go with my theory. I think, uh, I think you're right. And Albright and Marcus is wrong and he's a cheater. So you think he just memorized the board? Yeah, that's decent. Yeah, which I wish is not, not that hard. If like when you're a kid, you have nothing yeah. to do with board. Yeah, it's really not that hard. You, you didn't have you didn't have an iPad. What do you do? You memorize the guess who board. Like yeah, my son I, does I have an iPad, and he and he memorized for Pi Day. He memorized Pi to like thirty five digits or some insane number for no particular reason whatsoever. So yeah, if he could waste his time with that stupidity, then he could yeah memorize the guess who guys if he really wanted to. So yeah, you know what year had like the craziest Pi Day parties? What is there a joke here? Fifteen ninety two. Is it 3.141592? Yeah. Is that, oh, okay. All right. So that um, year they were like, holy shit, it's really Pi Day. Yeah. <laughs> that was probably top of mind in 1592. Yeah. All right. Let's let's jump into the therapists. So we're uh, we're at a bar at Larry only, and Cheryl. Only eight minutes today, not bad. Yeah, yeah, but you know, once once we have a surprise guest drop in, oh, um, is that know, things will get yeah. out ahead. Okay. No, no, it's not because you nixed it. I wanted to <laughs> I wanted to drop the link on Twitter and you. Uh, you, you well, you that. wanted to make it a really surprise guest. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we said surprise. Yeah, it would be a surprise. That's true. I wanted some control so, on the surprise. Yeah, that's a reasonable position. So yeah, um, so yeah, so Larry and Cheryl they're having drinks together. They're having what seems like you know a date um, as as much as it could be. And when the Larry's- scene starts, is it clear to you that this is really happening? Because for a moment, it seems like this is Larry's dream. Um, I guess that's not unreasonable because like we have seen like Larry like uh, romanticizing about Cheryl yeah. very recently, like kind of having yeah. like little dream sequences about the good old days with Cheryl. So as this scene starts, um, my, I'm, my immediate reaction is, oh, we're going to see him tossing and turning in bed in a minute. Interesting. Yeah. So I, I didn't have that read, but yeah, I, I, that makes sense. Um, so yeah, Larry's like, uh, you know, giving, you know, playing himself up on how much he has changed and that, you know, it's a mystery how you lived with me for so long, but you know, now I'm new Larry and some features of new Larry is that he tucks in his shirt. He wears slacks and real shoes. He wants to travel to Europe and go bicycling with Cheryl. Maybe they'll even go scuba, dive, scuba diving, even though he can't see underwater and he'll feel around for the fish. Um, the only thing new Larry is keeping from old Larry is the minty breath. And, you know, that's a plus. Would you have guessed Larry David has good breath? Or this is Larry David's own opinion, I guess. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, because I think he's like OCD about like hygiene stuff. Yeah. Something about this opening scene reminds me of the very condescending way that Rachel talks to Ross after they reconcile on Friends. You know, when they like, break up with like the letter. They, uh, no, they get back. To, yeah, the letter. And then also when Rachel sort of like pats, pats Ross on the other, she's like, once a cheater, always a cheater. That's what my mom said. And like that. Right, whole, right. Yeah. And um, but here, unlike Ross, who's seething inside, Larry's uh, smiling and taking it all very proudly. He's uh, he's desperate to get back with uh, with Cheryl. Yeah. 
yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, this is very Seinfeldian as well. There's probably like several examples of like this whole, like, you know, George with the opposite. Um, even yeah. like summer, there's like a little like summer of George here. Like Larry, like, you know, momentarily, you know, he's going to embrace his, you know. Well, Elaine does date a therapist who basically controls her relationship and doesn't allow her to break up and stuff. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, yeah. But you know, but even just like this one monologue that, that he has here of like yeah. the new Larry versus the old Larry, it just feels very, uh, of, yeah, of like, well, George does this to Susan uh, to get her back. Right, right, right. Also, right. in every single television show and movie and book and also in real life, every time a couple breaks up and then gets back together, this a, a conversation like this is going to happen. <laughs> I suppose. Right. Here's why it'll be different. Yeah. Now, right. Although, to well, be honest, my wife and I broke up uh, when we were dating for a while, and then we got back together, and I don't remember having this conversation, so... <laughs> Yeah, actually, same. We had, we also broke up, but then got back together. So uh, like, all right, yeah. I checked everything out, and yeah, whatever. I'll do yeah, well, I'll you know, it, I, I, well, probably ours weren't that we were like dating people that had like major problems like existing in society. Sure. That like, but, I, I, but I also don't remember dating. I also don't remember dating Xena Warrior Princess during the break. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I just yeah, remember Larry, dating other Jewish girls named Jen. <laughs> yeah, Larry, Larry needs like a, a wholesale. Uh, upgrade yeah. or to you know, get back into the picture hmm. uh, he like briefly like as a throwaway rise like oh larry hated your sister yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> um but yeah for the most part she's like pleased with what she's seeing um and you know the main takeaway is forget that larry he's dead hmm. he's gone um so now, he, uh, the irony is that last season the same season that cheryl is uh you know waiting for larry to drop dead when Larry has the near-death experience and then goes to Arizona and realizes he's, he's, he's a, thinks he's adopted and then he's a Gentile and all that, yeah. Cheryl hates the new Larry that comes back. And that's a new Larry who dresses like this Larry, tucks in a shirt, <laughs> acts courteous, is kind to other people. Cheryl hates that guy. Yeah, she doesn't so really want to. I don't buy any of Cheryl's motivations. I think it's all about the, the cold, hard cash for Cheryl. Yeah, it very, it very well might be. Uh, and like, who's to blame her? I mean, how many years of Larry David is yeah. she put up for? No, she yeah, she served like. a 10-year sentence. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, how much is Lindor asking for for 13 years? <laughs> 350 million. So she should also get 350 okay, million. Yeah. That's, I think that's fair. He's a billionaire. Why he should get? Why should he? Why should he just give it? Yeah. What's harder to play shortstop or to deal with Larry David Mishagas for a decade? I, I, there's at least 30 people who play shortstop as a starter in the, in the world. I don't know how many people can yeah. put up with Larry David. That's true. Um, so yeah, so. He, yeah, so he uh, he asks her if she wants to go to uh, dinner and movies one night, and she's like, "Well, you know, I would love to, but I really should like talk this over with my therapist before I, you know, like commit to uh, you know seeing you again." Well, but isn't it even stronger that she's like, I, "I'm not allowed to make a life decision without it being endorsed by the therapist first. Well, I think that's what eventually becomes clear. I think the first time she says it, it comes off as like perfectly reasonable that like, oh. you know, I don't want to move too fast. Like I should talk this over with someone. Like uh, I oh. talk to my therapist a lot about it. I, I didn't like, I think, yes, it eventually becomes clear that like Dr. Slavin is basically just like calling all the shots in Cheryl's life to an absurd degree. Uh, but I think like, you know, initially you're supposed to think it's just like, okay, yeah, I, that makes sense. Like, you know, you don't want to get into this thing too, too quick, too fast without like talking it over with the person who's been guiding you yeah so i just want to check cheryl's exact words because my memory was and maybe i'm just being biased by yeah. by you know what i know what comes next but roll uh, run the tape okay so she says yeah let me just talk to my therapist and see what she says what she has to say first i just want to make sure she feels good about that i'll call my therapist and see what she says and then i'll call you i don't know to, to me it's like all right you know 
let me think about this and talk to my therapist is one thing, but let me see what the therapist says. I want to make sure she feels okay with this. I'll call my therapist. I, I mean, I think it's, it's, and again, I'm, yeah. I don't know, maybe I'm just biased by what I know comes next, but to me, it's right. Like, I think that, I think that's definitely part of it. Like if this like didn't proceed along that direction, like, I don't think we would be like analyzing this section here thinking yeah. like, Oh, does Cheryl have a controlling therapist? But it's like only when later we, we know although, that. Although I got to say, I went into, I watched this episode, maybe it was in my subconscious, but I watched yeah. this episode and I had no idea what was coming next. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah, I didn't remember. Like, I don't remember like the guest star. I don't remember anything about it actually. Um, I don't remember that. I mean, that Steve Coogan goes to jail. Like this was all like a delight. <laughs> it was almost like Arrested Development to me. It's like, what the hell is? What show is this? I, yeah, I, this I, is I like it's, it's a it's a very uh, wacky episode. Yes. Anyway, yeah. So look, uh, yeah, therapy is a very good thing. Everyone should do therapy, but you know, yeah. don't farm out your yeah. life decisions to a third party. Yeah. Yeah. Especially since, um, you know, very often they have to give you the advice that gets you keeping back so you give them more money. So it's not always, uh, <laughs> not everyone's always perfectly aligned with the motivation. I, I'm, I'm not as pro therapy, I guess. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm pro therapy. I, I, I'm definitely pro therapy. motives of a lot of therapists. Right. Well, meaning, yes, I, I still think going to therapy, even in that situation, can be very useful because, like, even just like saying the words out loud to yes. a, a wall is probably. No, but we have this in curb, right? We've had this in curb, like with the guy wearing the, uh, the thong at the beach. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I, yes. I think therapy is very uh, cathartic for many people. And even like a poor therapist is probably still better than nothing because you get to express yourself and get things off your chest, even if it's like not necessarily to the best person. And the person could be also be very talented, but also still, um, you know, he's just like stringing you along so that you keep coming back to them. I mean, that's very common in the world of Curb and Seinfeld, obviously. I've never heard of that in real life, but I'm thinking it's possible that to the extent I've spoken to other people about therapists, they may not, you know, if it's true, they may not be aware or if it's aware they have cognitive dissonance and don't want to acknowledge it. So that just might be the case. Yeah. I mean, almost everyone that I've spoken to just like, I have a superficially that has gone to therapy. Um, I find that like, they always think that they're like therapist always agrees with them. Mm. And like, it's always like, well, my therapist says that like, I'm right about this. And like, <laughs> she's like, that I shouldn't like take this crap from this person anymore. I'm like, okay, well, it's, it's, that it's person's possible. Therapist, yeah. Yeah, your therapist is telling you what you want to hear. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't. I you know. I don't. I haven't. Done, I've done therapy like once or twice in my life. It wasn't like that uh, intense. Um, I didn't really. Yeah, I, I always kind of felt like it was just like trying to just get to the end of the session and then let's and then book the next session. Yeah, I don't know. I, I've. I feel like I haven't done it enough in my life. Like I've. I. I. I theoretically have wanted to, but for whatever reason, I just haven't. Uh, yeah, but so the idea of it is very in- intoxicating. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little icky and like whatever. But yeah, once you get over that hump, it's uh, yeah. It's most, no, I'm, I, I saying, think no, no, I'm saying the idea is very appealing to me. Oh, okay. I do want I to do it. I just don't know why I don't. I think it's like the, the yeah. financial, like my mental health is not worth the the the, the, the copay because I'm so yeah. Uh, I mean, I also want to exercise. But I don't <laughs> yeah. do that either. Exactly. Yeah. There's lots of good things that I should do, but instead yes. I do podcasts about yeah. shows that went off the air, uh, or maybe coming back on the air. Yeah, I guess might we'll be coming back on the air. Yeah. Well, this is from a long time ago. Yeah. All right. Um, Only off there for 13 and a half years. Yeah. So um, yeah. So before uh, Larry's like, all right, uh, before they uh, part ways, Larry's like. Well, how much, you know, should I tip the bartender? And like he goes on this whole spiel, you know, with the, the upshot of which is like Larry is worried that the bartenders might be making too much money. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they can be making too much money. Much like psychiatrists. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, when uh, Cheryl's like, well, you know, they work really hard. And uh, new Larry emerges and he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. And of course, and, uh, we should pay. Yeah, fair, you know, uh, to your point, um, I'm sure many people would say the same thing about lawyers. So, yeah. 
but yeah, um, I don't. I do the bit of old battle for it, so I don't overbill. <laughs> so um, yeah, so Larry. So now Larry's also in therapy. So we uh, we now have two therapists. Hence the name of the episode, and it is uh, as you mentioned, Steve Coogan playing Doctor Bright. And they're talking about how well the day went with Cheryl and that Larry's very excited. Dr. Bright is very pleased to hear. And he's like basically taking credit for Larry's progress since it was, you know, it was all accomplished by following his very specific advice. Mm. And it's, it's funny, like what I was just chastising Cheryl for, you know, Larry is literally not just taking life. To, I mean, he's doing play by play from the therapist. <laughs> yes, yes. He's like literally yeah. like planning out exactly what to do. But, but like so he's here, much worse than Cheryl. But, but yeah, but here's the question. So the therapist up until the pussy advice, which is so comically insanely terrible that it, and like, and like the ultimatum, it just boggles the mind. But <laughs> yes. up until that point, he's basically thrown a perfect game. Yeah, he's doing very well. So, so how, yeah, how does he do so well? Until the point where he's so comically wrong that it's impossible to think that he had ever been correct. It just yeah, he make- just makes a he makes a bad read. He hadn't seen what Cheryl looks like, so he just didn't yeah, know. I guess it's almost as like uh, one person is making the picks all the way until a certain point when another person comes in and makes a pick. But to the outside world, it's the same person along. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, he he's like just you know the one thing make sure not to do is like don't make specific promises because they, you know then you're gonna be expected to keep to them like be more vague and Larry's like oh well you know I might have done that and I guess I may have to go bicycling in Paris in a couple months <laughs> um, but I guess I'll you know I guess I'll take that if he gets yeah, you should back. be so lucky yeah and so Doctor Bright like comes up as you said with an exact game plan for how the next date is gonna go. Uh, you're going to go to a movie, then afterwards you go to dinner. At the movie, you're going to take her hand and say, I love you. And then at dinner, you'll tell Cheryl that it's an ultimatum. And she asks until Monday to decide whether she's moving back in with you or that's it. You're moving on. Because it's very important that you've that you not come off as a pussy. <laughs> and Larry's like, well, I don't really think being a pussy was the problem. I think it's that I was selfish. Hmm. So, like, why, why is that my big play? But the therapist is like, sorry, we're out of time. And the session is over. No, I love when and, he says, you're getting a lot of pussy for me. And uh, he responds, not an amount that is unmanageable, which <laughs> I always hear that line in the voice of a friend of mine who's uh, British. I don't know why, but I always hear my friend Gideon saying, not an amount that is unmanageable. By the way, I, yeah, I, have had, I feel like I've had a similar conversation with my wife, which is that when it comes to my interactions with any third parties, she tells me to stop being a pussy. But if it was the same my interaction with her, it would have to be the completely the other way. Stop being an asshole and just give in. Right. So, yeah. So I, I don't think that they – I think she sees too much pussy, but uh, not, not in regards to relationship with her. With her so. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm not, I mean, I'm definitely a humongous pussy when it comes to like, – I'm like very non-confrontational, like – if like you ask me to like hold a parking spot from you, like when you come back, someone will have the parking spot and we'll owe him ten dollars. Like, <laughs> like it's not, it's not like Kramer go. guarding the armor. Yeah, it's just right, exactly. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get into a fight. Like, if, if somebody like crazy comes and says like I'm taking your thing, like, yeah, fine. Crazy person. I think the point is you just concede before you even worry about whether they are crazy or not. Yeah, I just yeah, I don't need this. I don't need this. My life is fine. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so, you know, no more advice. So, you know, we go to the date and Larry's, you know, going to follow the playbook. He tells, uh, he leads in and tells Cheryl during the movie that he loves her and she smiles. So, so far all is going to plan. Um, but hold on a second. This is a pretty big matzo ball hanging out there. Larry says that I love you without the, I love you back. He doesn't get the, I love you return. That's true. 
I mean, it's better yeah, than she, a hunger. Uh, that's just she just, to uh, eat, but... let's see, she, she licked herself and went and walked yeah. away. <laughs> and left the room. I left the room. I do have to say, though, this whole scene is very evocative to me. When um, the aforementioned reconciliation that I had with my now wife, uh, we were going to see a movie. It was on Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, it was Sunday afternoon, and we went to see There Will Be Blood. And I oh. and There Will Be Blood is a, a very highly regarded movie, but I remember very little of it because the whole time I was focused on like when I was going to reach out for her hand, basically. Oh. Following uh, Dr. Bright's advice. That's so sweet. And then did you, did you give her an ultimatum? <laughs> yeah. I said, I'll, I will drink your milkshake or we're done. Yeah. So I, drank, I drank her milkshake. All right. Oh, okay. Some, some imagery for the audience? No. I was quoting There Will Be Blood. Doofus. I, I know what you were doing. Oh, okay. Fine. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So then they head over to dinner and Cheryl's really excited about the new Larry. Everything is going so great. And uh, all of a sudden, Marty and Ned Funkos are walk over mm-hmm. and, you know, they get to talking. And Marty asks if Larry will sponsor him in the five mile walkathon to benefit Alzheimer's, which he's doing in honor of Nan's father. A five mile walkathon. Now, I wrote down the list of the three items that Larry says his father is doing with his <laughs> Alzheimer's. Yes, uh, yes. Do you have these notes? Of course. Oh, OK, good. Because <laughs> these, these are excellent. Yes. He, um, number one is he runs around the house naked, chasing himself and playing tag. Yes. Uh, number two is he yells at the cat for not voting. That was my favorite one. Yeah. He yells at the cat for not voting. Uh, it's so specific and it just like rings so true. Uh, it's very, it's a very good line. By the way, my assumption is that uh, Super Dave Osborne comes up with these three lines on the spot, right? Yeah, maybe I guess I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, yeah, we, you know, we've gotten li- little bits and pieces of how that stuff all works. So yeah, I mean, we'll get like to. Probably, well, yes. I mean, we'll get to your cunt is in the sink, but like that yeah. was, uh, I'm, I'm like, I'm sure you've heard this before, right? Like that 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 was the first time Jerry Seinfeld ever heard that. Oh really? Yeah, Bob Einstein goes up to him and says that. Like he's like, here, I, uh, Jerry, I have a joke for you, and he just tells that joke, and Jerry's reaction <laughs> is his real reaction because he had no idea what was coming, and it's a uh, uh, spoiler alert, but uh, quite a punchline. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's coming. That's coming up. What next season? I think. Yeah, So, so my assumption is based on what I've heard about that is that you know now there might have been more than three. They might have you know you know recorded a few a whole twenty of them for all we know, and these are the three they picked. But I'm sure Super Dave came up with those on his own. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, uh, yeah Alan. The third one is every time he farts, he calls the fire department. I don't know yeah. what that means. <laughs> yeah, yelling at the cat for not voting though is yeah, great. That's uh, the best. Yeah. I, well, I, listen, I certainly Kat, re- you're part of the problem if you're not part of the solution. Yeah, I, I just uh, I, I very much relate to uh, people having co- very unreasonable grievances mm. that are that, that go on. Uh, Sometimes they record them, yelling and yelling about them, and then post it as a podcast. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes they do. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I don't listen to a completely unreasonable grievance. You know, you're entitled to be mad when somebody costs you thirty-two thousand dollars, but then when they make you back the thirty-two thousand uh, dollars, you should, yes. uh, yeah. Yes, yeah, so you know, have a, 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 a courteous podcast. <laughs> um, so Larry is like saying like, oh, well, I don't really know. But when Cheryl is like, hey, it's for a good cause. He's like, OK, fine. New Larry makes the pledge. Cheryl's very impressed. And he oh, asked her. Oh, the, one, the one thing I wanted to say, by the way, is given the fact that, you know, my assumption is that Super Dave came up with those lines on the spot. And like Larry, like the other actors did not know what was coming. It's shocking to me that they all keep straight faces without dying of laughter because it's just an incredible like the delivery is incredible. And and Larry and Cheryl just sit there like totally stone faced. <laughs> so unlike Jerry Seinfeld, although Jerry Seinfeld's you know, a famously terrible actor. So. Famous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Breaks. He breaks in basically every scene of Seinfeld. Yeah, it really it really costs him in his in his professional career. 
yeah, they would have sold uh, Hulu for three billion dollars. <laughs> uh, he probably, yeah, he probably has lost a lot of money. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if, I, if Seinfeld was only ten percent better, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So he's like, hey, so you know, I'm really thinking, and I would love for you to move back in. And she's really touched. But when he uh, pushes the envelope and goes for the ultimatum at the Monday deadline, she storms out. Uh, and Larry's chasing after her and shouting that, you know, no, I'm sorry. My therapist told me to do that. I'm sorry. Like, it's, you know, he told me to do the ultimatum. It was a dumb idea. Yeah. But she doesn't believe him. She says, you know, I thought new Larry doesn't lie. And she's very upset by the whole thing. And, you know, it's uh, it did not go well. Yeah. There's no worse feeling in the world than when somebody accuses you of lying when you haven't lied. Like, because there's nothing yeah, cause you can do. Because all you can do is very protest. Hard to just, uh, yeah, it's very, it's very, yeah. So I do feel for Larry there. It is Dr. Bright's fault. Um, but um, yeah. Well, you know, ultimately, Larry's an adult. He could, he makes decisions. He, like, he could have, he didn't have to listen to Dr. Yeah. Bright's advice if he thought it was bad advice, which he yeah. did. Yeah, that's true. Okay. All right. Personal responsibility. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. he, he, he was, <laughs> things were going well. He like kind of blew up the night by giving a crazy ultimatum. Yeah. Well, I mean, everything else that Dr. Brett had said was correct. So no, that's, that's, you know, that's sometimes, really fair. Sometimes you ride the hot hand. Yeah, uh, it's, it wasn't necessarily unreasonable, but the ultimate responsibility is on Larry. He's, uh, yeah. you know, he has a master of his own agency. Hmm. So uh, Larry comes storming into Dr. Bright's office, screaming at him for this uh, ultimatum advice. I told you she wasn't bothered by the high pussy percentage, but you didn't listen to me. And he says, you're going to come with me to go see Cheryl to to set things straight and like tell her this was your idea. And like at first, uh, Dr. Bright is like, oh, I don't know about that. But eventually Larry is just like so furious that, you know, he has no choice but to go along. So they go over to Cheryl and she has a lovely new place on the beach. And she explains that her therapist had suggested that she procure for herself a love me gift. And Cheryl has always wanted to live on the beach. So she figures she got it. And Dr. Bryce is like, yeah, actually, that's really good advice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Larry's like, well, you never told me that I should get a love me <laughs> gift for myself. <laughs> to which Dr. Bryce says, oh, I would have eventually. Yeah, we're getting there. Yeah, By the way, isn't Larry's entire life a love me? I mean, everything he does, he does just for his own personal whims. Now I'm going to try and sell cars. Now I'm going to make a spike <laughs> coffee shop. And I'm going to start a you know, Broadway show. Yeah, Larry, yeah. I think Larry has enough uh, self-love in his life. I think he's doing just fine. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, yeah, Larry's like love me gift would be more like an experience or just like just having some sort of like services or something like he doesn't need like fancy stuff like he has like whatever mansion he wants i mean i would argue the larry david character on curb with the possible exception of the leon character on curb there's no television character in history who loves themselves more than like who, who does whatever the fuck they want and does not care about the repercussions whatsever right like who does who who is that more than larry I mean, I guess you could uh, say a socio. You could say a sociopath, yeah. but yeah. Donald Trump, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, that one was real life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or like yeah, these cartel owners. To, yeah. yeah, it must be great to never have to uh, have consequences for anything you do in your yeah. entire life. Or conscience, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty great. <laughs> All right, so Doctor Bright is sitting there with Larry and Cheryl. An amazing scene. Yeah, and he's like, "Okay, listen, you know, the ultimatum was my idea, like." 
I only did it because like it was based on the portrayal of you that I had from how Larry <laughs> talked about you. And you seemed like the type of person who would, you know, like it ultimately. Yeah. This, of course, like throws Cheryl off tremendously. She's like, what does that mean? Like, what did you think I was? Like, and, you know, basically, he, you know, if I had realized how beautiful you are, I wouldn't have given this advice, which I don't even know what that means. Like, I don't know why what his logic is. He doesn't really spell it out. I don't know, but I, I love when he says, you get the face that you deserve. It's an amazing <laughs> You get the face that you deserve, yes. Um, you know, but, it, you know, in any event, uh, Dr. Bright takes full responsibility for the ultimatum, which seems to, you know, placate Cheryl a little bit. However, he then goes on to take credit for the entirety of New Larry. Mm. And now Cheryl realizes that all of the other positive developments and changes that Larry had undertaken in the last few weeks, months, whatever it is, um, those also just came straight from this therapist. Um, you know, there's not Larry's ideas. He didn't decide to change. I don't really know what the difference is, but like, who cares if a therapist, you know, made suggestions on how to better himself and that he did it. Like the key is that he did it. Well, because like, the, the implication of Cheryl and also frankly that Larry acknowledges is that none of it is real. He's all just doing, he's just following steps of an instruction manual to get her back, but with no intentionality behind it. I guess. I, and I hear that, but like to a certain, at a certain point, like what's the who difference? Cares? Yeah. Like, if yeah, he's doing it, he's doing it. If he's actually yeah. dressing better and be more polite, like, there's, you know, at, to an extent that sort of just, like, kicks in. And, like, if, you know, you could, how, how long are you doing stick for before, like, no, that's just how you are. Yeah. No, I mean, that that's a fair counter. But that, that's 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 never the case in this show, right? I mean, there was, and I've never understood that absurdity, but there was the whole, when we get to the later season, where using a, a pill to help with erectile dysfunction is considered cheating in a relationship when competing against Rosie O'Donnell. I've never understood that at all, that storyline. And, and why, why you have to hide that from a girl, that uh, from a woman, especially. Yeah, I actually age. don't even remember that. That's so awesome. I'm excited to oh. get, to, get up okay. to that. Yeah. Sorry for spoiling things yet again. <laughs> That's whatever. I've seen it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's again. Yeah. I mean, I, I hear to an extent that like if it's really just like fake and you're just really just going through the motions just to, like get her back, that things will go back to before. Sure. But like it does seem like Larry is like genuinely committed to like trying to do these things. Yeah. Um, and like, yeah, so like so one thing I got bad advice. And, and again, so I think that, that that's not the best excuse as I said before. Like he needs to take ownership of like how he actually implements it. And, you know, just to go blame the therapist, I think does undercut the new Larry. So yeah, I hear both sides. Yeah. So um, so we head over to Jeff's house and Larry, Jeff, and Dr. Bright are all hanging out there talking about the Cheryl situation. Yeah. This guy <laughs> went called- from refusing to say a single word when right. The 50, when the fifty yeah, minutes he, now, now he's yeah. he's hanging at Jeff's house, yeah, just, just chilling on the couch, and then yeah, being berated by you. Jeff calls him a fucking moron. Yes. It doesn't seem like a pleasant experience for him. Yeah. So Larry, um, Larry, what Larry realizes is that because Cheryl is never going to make a move unless it's been approved by Doctor Slavin. Mm-hmm. What Larry needs to do is somehow meet Dr. Slavin so that she can conclude Larry's a good guy. And then she'll real, you know, realize that she should really be pushing Cheryl back towards Larry. But but the way that they come up with to do it is if you gave a thousand guesses before seeing the episode, you wouldn't get to this. You yeah, know, it's an extremely stupid idea. <laughs> yes. um, it kind of I mean, it's it's great that it ends up actually kind of working. I mean, although, you know, it works too much, of course. Uh, yeah. Um, but, but yeah, so, you know, Larry's idea, of course, is that. The um, we're gonna have Leon is, is going to uh jump to her, Dr. Slavin, and try to steal her purse. Yes, and Larry will come in and tackle Leon and save the purse, and he's Obviously. gonna look like a hero. Yeah, and Leon's like, Yeah, sounds great, I'm in. 
but also yeah okay <laughs> yeah uh, but he has uh, he has a couple of things, a couple of suggestions on how to maybe upgrade the plan. <laughs> the modification, yeah. He says, um, you know, I'm gonna, ha- I should probably like fight back a little bit and fuck you up in the fight for the purse, yeah. because the more fucked up you are, the more of a hero you're gonna look like. Mm. Larry doesn't care for this suggestion, yeah. of course. <laughs> Although Leon's not completely wrong. Yeah, well, I think that if they pull off Larry's version of the plan, that it's you know that's good enough. I mean, well, well, I mean, I, I would argue that's not the case. I would argue that it will be quite a coincidence that uh, Cheryl's therapist is saved by, of all people, Los Angeles, Larry David, and they will immediately get caught. Right. But yes, but that part of the plan, you know, doesn't really have. Although I, I think, you know, you could argue that if you think he's faking it, if he gets the shit beating out of him, you're like, well, it's less likely he's faking it now. Right. That's true. Yeah. Although yeah, Leon is clearly say, concerned with his own ego here. Yeah. I would say it's like, you know, Give it a shot without getting fucked up. See how it goes. <laughs> because you, you don't want to get caught and also get fucked up. Yeah, but you also only get one shot here, so. Yeah, it's like, all right, I guess maybe you go for broke. But yeah, obviously this is a completely idiotic plan. <laughs> it's like, it's yeah, completely insane. This is the yeah. old, this to me, this is like the only part of the episode. Is that, this is, that is a, this like is a, really I mean, this is the kind of thing on another show you'd say, like, this was like jumping the shark. It's it's so absurd. Yeah, I guess. I guess. I, yeah, here, here I think it's just, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's one, it's I mean, one spot in episode, let, but it's, let, but it's let, so funny the way it plays out. Let's think through the logic here. So Cheryl, like Dr. Slavin is going to go tell Cheryl, oh my God, this guy saved me from a mugger. Oh, what did he look like? Oh, like, I mean, she, the, the, Larry was ID'd as the guy who said the N-word at the hospital last time just by being called bald and have glasses, right? <laughs> Cheryl's going to immediately ID Larry here behind this shenanigan. Anyway. Yeah. And by the way, yeah, so, why does Dr. Slavin not suspect it either? She thinks, oh, what a coincidence that the guy who happened to be here was Larry David. She's not, she doesn't seem to be the best. Yeah, therapist. well, to her, Larry David is just one of her patients' husband. Like, yeah, she can have she 40 can. patients. Yeah. Like, to her, she's, he's not like a main character in her life. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> hasn't, she seen this, hasn't she seen the show? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, uh, as, uh, you know, as they're going over the plan, Loretta and Auntie Ray walk in and they hear the whole plan with the fake mugging and they're like, you can't do that. Are you crazy? <laughs> yeah. You should have Dr. Bright do it. This pasty ass <laughs> motherfucker got your ass into it. Have him get your ass out of it. Yeah. And Larry's like, you know what? As a matter of fact, you're correct. He should do it. <laughs> yes. And of course, why, and, uh, why, why would he say no? Yeah. Why would he <laughs> agree? I don't know. But obviously he feels uh, he's pot committed at this point. So he's in. <laughs> Yeah, you're for a dime, you're Bright, for a Bright is just totally fine with this idea. It's actually really incredible. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, lots of come with points uh, for Doctor Bright here. Just yeah. saying, sure, I'll just do a fake mugging with you, <laughs> <laughs> so that your wife gets back together. And like, it's, it's even this like this whole thing, like you're not going to screw it up in two weeks, anyways, because you're Larry David. <laughs> yeah, what are we talking? Yeah. Like, what what are we doing here? What are yeah. we talking about? Yeah, yeah, and do not justify the means. Yeah, so we uh, yeah, so we have the purse snatching and. It all goes well. Um, you know, he comes in, he, he tries to mug her, Larry comes in, he chases the guy off, he gets the purse, and the cops, you know, <laughs> the problem is that all of a sudden the cops pull up and they immediately <laughs> catch uh, Dr. Bright. And they're like, hey, are you guys okay? And like Larry looks at the cops, looks at Dr. Bright, who he has like basically got into the situation, and says, yeah, we're good. <laughs> and lets them uh, take away Dr. Bright into yeah. the cop car. And like you see, like in the, he's like talking to the therapist, and like even the background, he's like resisting arrest and like fighting back. Well, he certainly makes it much worse for him, much like the guy who's going bald that Elena's dating. Yeah, when he gets mistaken for George. Yeah, don't don't resist arrest, even even if the cops are in the wrong for arresting you. Yeah, but yeah, you'll have your opportunity hopefully to make your case. Yeah, yeah. Don't resist. That's just gonna be the especially. I feel like if you're a very wealthy white British uh, psychiatrist in Los Angeles to the stars. 
Yeah. Well, then you probably couldn't resist it. You'll be fine. But yeah, I guess yeah, I'll get away with it anyways. <laughs> By the way, don't you think that Dr. Slavin looks like so many people we know? Like pretty much every teacher at, a, at every Jewish day school. Um, yeah, she has, you know, she has kind of a uh, somewhat generic like Jewish face. Yeah, she's yeah. actually, um, she's a big deal. What's her name? Mm-hmm. Whitney Holzman? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she has, uh, she wrote Wicked. She wrote My Soul, she, I think, was the showrunner for My So-Called Life. Oh, wow. Yeah, what's is that? I get her name right. Yeah, Whitney Holzman. Yeah, she's like she's done very, some very uh, major major things. She's married to um, what's his name, um, Paul Dooley. Who's that? Who's on the early, he was on a couple. He was on one of uh, Mel Brooks guys. Oh, okay. All on right. the uh, producer season. Yeah. By the way, is the Steve Coogan you know you described it before the 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 fighting with the with the cops in the background? Is that the best physical comedy? I mean, that's like almost like Kramer esque in the background having a seizure, like Seinfeld kind of thing. Yeah, that was really good. I was like dying for that. Is, is like, there anything? Like, have I'm, we seen anything like that? We like we've seen like Larry Russell with Ted Danson or with Richard Lewis, but but nothing that's nearly as funny as that. I don't think. Yeah, nothing comes to mind. Uh, there probably has been stuff, but. Yeah, I mean that was that was good. I, I like I rewilded like three times to so keep just keep watching him fighting with the yeah. total cops as he's like Larry just like oh so how are you I'm Larry David yeah um, yeah so they uh, you know they get they introduce each other and she's like oh interesting Larry David and you know they get together for a cup of coffee she calls him Clint Eastwood um, so you know he's gonna say uh, latter day Marty McFly I guess. And when she tells him that she's a therapist, he confides, you know, oh, I'm really, I should really get a therapist. I'm so sad. My wife has recently left me. And it's been so devastating because she's never appreciated me and like my good side. You know, Larry, the guy who saves people. <laughs> and, you know, they uh, they kind of like leave it off. Like Larry really feels like this plan has worked. Like he's made a really good oh, impression. He's very confident. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it, it really, it has worked. It's just, it's worked too well as, uh, as we will see. Um, so Larry heads over to the jail where he's going to visit Dr. Bright and he's like, Hey, I just want to let you know the plan is working really well. It gives him, you know, gives him the whole update. And he's like, yeah, that's not exactly my top priority at the moment. You know, I'm in jail. I have horrible accommodations here. The cell is very small. My feet stick out of the bars when I lie in my bed. Uh, my, my cellmate doesn't speak English. He weighs 300 pounds. And for some reason, Larry decides to get into an argument about how tall he is. And he like says he's 5'10". He's like, you're not 5'10". Yeah. Um, but, but here's my question. Why is Dr. Bright asking Larry, like, what, what, should he be meeting with his lawyer? I don't understand what Larry's yeah, lawyer is. Yeah, I, 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 I have that also. Like, yeah, like, why Especially is Larry at the end involved? of the scene when he's like, how long am I going to be here? And he does, like, the very funny thing about, like, the minute. But, like, <laughs> yes, it, it makes no sense. Yeah, why? Right, right. Why is Larry his intermediary with the justice system? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we'll uh, we'll uh, we'll cut straight. We'll do a quick uh, excerpt from the mailbag here, just to do a quick uh, height report. Oh, okay. And, uh, on Steve Coogan, we have uh, from Jared's email. He says the real asshole of the week should be Larry for questioning Doctor Bright's height. Bright claims five ten when he's actually five ten and a quarter. <laughs> what does Larry think he's doing here? The man is actually rounding down for you, and you are still questioning him. It takes a special man to round down. Okay. Bright is back. Okay, we'll get to that later. So yeah, so uh, he says uh, Bright is actually a little bit taller than he's taking credit for. Interesting, interesting. And uh, yeah, so that we uh, we always appreciate the uh, the height reports from Jared. Yes, thank you, Jared. Um, so Doctor Bright is like, you know, I really need your help. And Larry, you know, as you said, Larry says, you know, I'll cut you out within twenty four hours, forty eight tops. What's that to forty eight? Seventy two. <laughs> Uh, Larry, you know, he tells him, you know, sometimes you make friends in a situation like this, they become your friends for life. But uh, unfortunately, it's uh, we have to stop because 
Larry needs to go talk to Cheryl, who's getting out of her therapy any minute now, and, you have to, and we have to stop. Um, so he calls up Cheryl, and Cheryl immediately like cuts him off and is like, "I'm sorry, my therapist told me never to contact you again. Yeah. I should never speak to you." Insane. And yeah, and Larry's like, "Oh my god." So it's the day of the Alzheimer's walk, and Larry goes to find Jeff, who has been taking part of the walk, to speak to him. And like they talk over what happened, you're like, it makes no sense. What's going on here? Like, why would all of a sudden, out of the blue, Cheryl won't talk to him? And what Larry realizes is that Doctor Slavin must like him, which is an insane thing to assume. And it's it's completely psychotic. It happens to be correct, but <laughs> there's no reason to think that. Like, for that to be your initial reaction is, is yeah, he should, he should. The fact that his mind goes there that fast is uh, is wild. Yeah. But yeah, he nails it on the head. Um, and they're like, yeah, Jeff's like, you're fucked because if you're like, if you're mean to the therapist, she'll tell Cheryl how bad you are. And if you're nice to the therapist, then she'll like you even more. So like, either way, you're done. No Cheryl. And as they're walking, they see, uh, they see one Marty Funkhauser sitting in a cafe along the route of the walk. Yeah. And Larry's Pretty like, what, what the hell? Why are yeah. you not walking? And, La- and Marty's like, I'm well, walking. I, I raise money for the walk. I don't walk. And Larry says, well, I donate money under false pretenses. I assumed that you were walking. That's what was implied. Yeah. And Funk's like, what? So you don't care about Alzheimer's? Um, yeah, obviously, uh, Funk Man is in the wrong here. But I still I still like the uh, I like his style. Yeah. He owns it, at least. Yes. Well, he's not like I mean, making, he's not like making he's suits. Not he's not like, oh, he's I'm making a break. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, yeah, no, fuck you. I, what, what do you care? Like, I mean, it, like, in principle, he's right. Like, like technically, like, who gives a shit? Like you're you're donating money for Alzheimer's. You're not like actually you're like you don't. There's not like a benefit of the bargain here. We're like I require that you walk five miles in exchange for which I will donate money for Alzheimer's. Yeah. It's like all kind of just like symbolic, but yeah. like it is implied that like you're gonna do the walk if you has to be sponsored for a walk. Mm. Yeah. So you're saying that uh, the fuck man's the worst person in this episode. Also, it's interesting because like fuck man is actually kind of on like the side that Larry would usually be on. Which is the like technically correct, but like fuck yeah, you, like that's, that's not true. how society works. Yeah, the fuck man would insist on walking. You would think, right? The fuck man would be like, you have to walk, and Larry would be like, yeah. What, what do like, you care if I, I don't want to wear a pin. Yeah, yeah. Like, what's the difference? Like, do you want to give money to Alzheimer's or not? Who gives a shit if I walk five miles today? Like, that does, how does that impact your life? Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I definitely hear both sides, but you know, again, so, rules of society are is that when you ask people to sponsor you for something, you should do the thing. Mm, yeah. Um, so yeah, so as soon as Larry hears the word Alzheimer's, he has an idea. He'll pretend to have Alzheimer's. Yes. <laughs> so he goes another, another for dinner. Scheme. <laughs> yes, he goes to meet Dr. Slavin. Now, we, uh, I have some questions about Dr. Slavin. So when, when we first see her, she seems to be a pretty good therapist. By the way, isn't she the one? She, she says, like when Larry mentions how he gave his kidney to Lewis, Dr. Slavin says, oh, Cheryl should have told me that. I mean, she's right. Cheryl should have told him. Like, that's a pretty noteworthy thing that he did. So oh, she, I, she doesn't say she doesn't say Cheryl should have told me that. She says she's like, oh, I didn't know that. He's like, yeah, yeah. why would you know that? <laughs> yeah, but but the, the the point the point is that she's surprised because she's like you know she's assuming that she would have been told that. Yeah, well, it's again, a rather noteworthy my, thing if you're talking about your. Well, spouse. to my point earlier, that's yeah. often not what therapy is. It's like a very one sided version of the story, and it's supposed and there are benefits for the person to just be able to like say their story and have somebody you know push back or yeah. validate or this or that. But like, of course, yeah, Larry's perspective is, is completely absent for therapy. That's just what therapy is. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, he's not she's not going to paint the guy that she's leaving as this great guy who gave a kidney. 
So then she's a, but then she's a, I don't know. It seems like not telling your doctor all the information and then, you know, expecting a, a, a better, uh, outcome i don't know yeah well what that's like uh dr house's first rule of medicine is that every patient lies mm. so you don't just you know trust their version of the events in order to properly diagnose them mm. because they're not going to you know they're not going to admit they're embarrassing things they're not going to tell you the full picture they'll decide that certain details are already important yeah but um yeah okay yeah, so you know he uh, he tells her, yeah, I have Alzheimer's. You're the first person I've told. So she's like, oh, is this like early onset? It's like, no, not that early. Um, more in the middle. Maybe it's like a quarter onset. <laughs> Don't want to let her think that you have too much, good, too many good years left. Yeah, and so you know she confesses. You know the truth is, I'm interested in you, but you know I was interested in you. But when Larry explains, yeah, well, you know, unfortunately, in three to five years, I'm gonna be a vegetable. She's like, yo, you you know you you really need to get back together with your wife. And, you know, the waiter comes and he's like, oh, I forgot to order the chicken salad. I forgot to order. And she's like, no, you did. You ordered chicken salad. He's like, I don't even like chicken salad. And uh, suddenly they're uh, interrupted by a police detective who's uh, it's uh, actually Jerry from Parks and Recreation or or Jerry with a G, Gary Gervich. Um, And he's come to get a description of the person out there from Larry. So now this makes no fucking sense. Because they they caught him in the act. Yeah. Why are they coming? De- and like, and they also just like they let Larry and Doctor Slavin leave the scene immediately. Like, why would they not have taken the information yeah. then? Uh, yeah, and they, and they saw that Larry was an eyewitness. So yeah, like, yeah. oh, we're going to send a cop over days later to yeah. get a sketch. Like, no, you had the guy; he was there. Yeah, valid. All valid points. Um. So so Larry just uh, he continues the Alzheimer's. Uh, routine and he says he i have no idea i don't remember pretend that he has no recollection of the whole thing yeah which i guess here is actually fortunate because he's helping out his friend who he's previously screwed over uh yeah and as a as a result we see that dr bright has been released from jail that was the only evidence they had was larry david (laughs) yeah right exactly right we we caught you in the act but since the guy who was there can't id you the the cops can id you they were there when the the crime occurred yeah (laughs) um so Larry's there to, you know, greet him and take him out. And Cheryl and Larry have a date at the carnival, and it seems to be going really well. They're having a nice time together. Meanwhile, Dr. Bright has decided to go see a therapist. And if, of all the therapists he can choose, he chooses Dr. Slavin yeah. because, you know, he needs to talk to someone. He's so distraught over the whole jail experience. And she opens the session by saying, well, why don't you just start from the beginning? And he says, well, one of my clients is this bald guy. And That's just as Cheryl, be. yeah. Yeah. And just as Cheryl agrees to move back with Larry, she gets an urgent call and listens intently as Dr. Slavin is on the other end of the line. And as they lower down on the Ferris wheel, the smile on Cheryl's face turns upside down as well. Yeah. Now, I have a number of questions. We sort of scanned and <laughs> things there. Uh, first of all, Bright let out of prison. Doesn't seem nearly that pissed at LD about, you know, causing him to go to jail, lose his practice, ruin his life. Um <laughs> Then the, the whole date, the Larry and Cheryl date, I love. It's like sort of a date that like high school kids would do, you know, walking yeah. around like winning. That. Um, but here's the, the thing that really boggles my mind. Why would Bright choose Slavin of all people as his therapist? Is he like trying to screw LD intentionally? That's my assumption. He must yeah, know a I million mean, psychiatrists. He's a psychiatrist. And this is the woman he mugged. I don't know why she'd be willing to take him either, <laughs> by the way. There might be a conflict there. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Does she, right. Does she know that, that? Right. Does she remember? Or it's only I think we're supposed to assume once he starts telling the story. Then she. 
Yeah, I guess so. That's when she first finds out. So she was she didn't follow up on like the assailant, the guy who was accused of uh like she was never interviewed by uh by uh by you know the police. Well, they're anyway. together. The cop is there. She's not like, yeah. oh, I remember him. Yeah. She's not like, oh, I gave my I gave a description to your colleague the other day. She's just like, whatever. Now let me ask you a HIPAA question here. Is Dr. Slavin allowed to tell Cheryl what Bright has just told her? I don't think so. She's definitely not allowed to. No one's life is imminently in danger. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. Right, because now so, it's proven. So, so, so Dr. Slavin calling Cheryl to tell her what Larry did is yet another HIPAA violation by Dr. Slavin. I, I mean, she's already a pretty terrible uh, you know, psychiatrist, obviously. Well, I guess it's like, I, I guess you would have to think about it. I don't, I don't really know the rules that carefully, but it's like, it's, if she, if it, does she know only know the information because of Dr. Bright or is because of information that Dr. Bright has given her, she's now able to piece together information, other information. Well, she doesn't need a piece of together because Bright's pieced it together for her. He spelled out the whole thing. Well, does he say, oh, my client is Larry David or does she or does he like, let's assume that Bright. My client had me up. mug his, his girl, his, uh, his ex-wife's shrink. I mean, like, I don't I don't think that you need to say the name to make it pretty clear who it is. That's not a thing. That right. Every that's day. my point. Like if he if he keeps it anonymous and then she just, you know, is obviously able to. Yeah, ah, there is no anonymous. She knows who was mugged because she was the one who was mugged. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, no, that part she, is right. She's 100 percent violating HIPAA by calling Cheryl to tell her what her other patient just told her. And she's doing it to get back at Larry because this whole time she's been selfish. And even though she's supposed to be concerned about her patients, she just manipulates her patients for her own personal benefit. <laughs> she wants to steal one's boy, uh, husband and later when she wants to get back at one's husband yeah um, alright so um, how do you rate this episode yeah so you, 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 you brought me down a little bit on the episode I came in, I came in uh, to the episode expecting to give it uh, four and a half and we will uh, we'll downgrade a little bit and I will say, I'll still say that it is pretty 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 good Four pretties out of five. Um, yeah, there's definitely some issues, but I, I really just thought this episode was like hilariously funny. The Funkhauser stuff is so good. Um, and just like the the robbery scene and just like everything, the way everything plays out is just like so unexpected. It's so fun and silly um, that it's just like, it's, it's just uh, a really fun, great episode, um, even if it doesn't really all work. And, you know, sometimes the difference between the nitpicks of a good episode and a bad episode is if you like the episode, then you don't care about, yeah. you know, that stuff. And if it's if you didn't really laugh so much, then all that stuff kind of is, is much more glaring. Yeah. So, you know, touche. Yeah. I'll say among the experts, a very polarizing episode. A couple of rankings have this in the top 10, including IMDb. Uh, there's multiple rankings that have this uh, near the very bottom, including both The Ringer and Vulture. I really, really like this episode. I thought Steve Coogan slammed it out of the park. It's definitely my favorite episode in weeks. And, you know, I, I, when I finished the episode, I'm like, wow, I love that episode. That episode was amazing. But then when I went to put in my overall rankings, you know, which episodes is, is do I like it more than, which episodes I like it less than, I, I, I only slotted it at 28 out of 59, which means it can't get more than pretty, pretty, pretty good. So I give it three pretties only, which I guess the show in general is pretty amazing because um, I love this episode, but it's only about an average episode to me. Um, I guess my biggest critique would be we need more Leon, right? Like Leon talking about fucking Larry up was delightful, but that's the only Leon we get <laughs> yeah. in the whole episode. Yeah, but you know what? This I think this episode really is strong that it doesn't suffer for lack of Leon. Like yeah, obviously it would be Doc, nice to have had yeah. more Leon, but like Dr. Bright really carries the weight a lot. And Dr. Slavin is also just like a ridiculous character, but it's like it rings true in certain ways that like <sighs> you just like 
I don't know. Dr. Slavin to me does not ring true with she's Well, out. I do like yeah. I do imagine like therapists getting together and like just like talking shit about all their patients and like without ever breaking HIPAA, like a bunch of them have a good idea who Sure, but that's about. very different than intentionally manipulating your patient yes, to your husband. Like, you know. Right. And, yeah. As I said, curb, you know, curb is always going to be like yeah. exactly. Well, you're thinking of Sopranos, right? When the therapists are all sitting around at dinner talking about their patients. <laughs> exactly, right. Yeah. And it's like especially like when all your patients are like celebrities in Hollywood, like yeah, I feel like people will walk away from those dinners like everyone knows everything about everybody. Sure. Even if like nobody said their name. Yeah. So I think I think this is a pretty easy one, but who is your come with guy? Yeah, it's got to be Dr. Bright. Yeah. Um, he's just like he's 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 the come with guy. He's like he's like down to fuck for anything. Like he'll do, he's like, yeah. let's go do a fake robbery. Not, he's like, not in this first scene, but thereafter. Yeah, he's like a man not, who really feels guilt, I guess. Yeah. And l- let's also say like he gave Larry like 95 percent good advice. Like he basically created new Larry. He almost won Cheryl back. I'm like, sure. Did he have a little bit of a misstep with the whole ultimatum thing? Fine. But like he did a really good job overall with Larry, and then like when he you know screws up, he'll he's going he'll go to bat for him, he'll go to jail for him. I mean, yeah. talk about a come with guy. Now you know does he go screw him over at the end? Yes, but <laughs> yes, a little bit. You know he uh, he had been through a lot. Yeah, this is one of my uh, top ten one episode guests that we've had on the show so far. I absolutely love okay. Steve Doctor Bright. He yeah. If only we could have gotten the uh, Twitter parody accounts to come on. Yeah. <laughs> Of who is the fucking asshole? <laughs> it's uh, you know, it's uh, the episode is the therapist. So uh, if we're gonna give the come with guy to one therapist, the fucking asshole has got to be the other one. Uh, yeah. Doctor Slavin, you know, as we said, completely. But you know, even like before he she like really intervenes like for her own benefit. She's already just like this very controlling, probably not good therapist. So it's like even like that alone would have been like she would have been the running. But you know what we see over the rest of the episode, and, and it's certainly by the end. Um, yeah, she's one, one of the true villains that we've seen on her. Yeah, we have an outstanding disagreement, you and I, about who is the worst person to uh, who's the title holder of, you know, worst person through five and a half seasons, of, six and a half seasons of the show. You say it's Mel Brooks because of the way he so callously manipulates people's lives <laughs> without caring about the consequences. And I had it as Andy Portico, just like the sheer evil, like the way that he treated his assistant and then, you know, trying to beat these. Yeah. Children, just let's um, not sleep on neighbor Dean, though. Neighbor Dean. Is yeah. Really bad. Well, it, well, yes. Neighbor Dean had the crown for the first, I think, all the way. Yeah. Through until we met Andy Portico in the finale of season three. Neighbor Dean held it for, you know, most of three seasons um, to me. Like, it, I agree with you. It absolutely has to be Dr. Slavin. Like, you know might be the, the worst person we've seen on the show yet. We'll, I, and I, we'll get to that discussion in a second. Like the way she violates the duty to her patient because she wants to date her patient's husband. Insane. But but let's not skate over the fact that the way that Larry almost ruins Bright's life and doesn't care about it at all. <laughs> no, I mean, that is psychopathically evil. Like what Larry does yeah. to Bright is much worse than what Mel Brooks does to like the people yeah. in season four in terms of like the consequences to their life. Okay, so they went on a show that didn't do well. Like, you know, they didn't have their entire life ruined for no, like Larry's like a psychopath <laughs> here. He has absolutely no conscience whatsoever. And so here's the, here's the thing. If I think Larry's worse and I do, but I think that Dr. Slavin is, is the worst one in this episode, then I think, you know, by the, but you know, A greater than B, B greater than C, Dr. Slavin has to be the worst person that we've seen on this show so far. Um, yeah, I think she might be. I think she might be the worst, worst person. All right, so who is she? So she has the title belt for me. Is she taking it from Mel Brooks for you? Yeah, I think so. She's wow. really bad. She's wow. really, really bad. 
Mel Brooks, what a fall. He has it from the season four finale all the way through season five. Almost makes it to season six when Dr. Slavin comes and steals it from him. But yeah, well-deserved. And again, I don't want to skate over Larry here because Larry's behavior in this episode, batshit crazy. But uh, yeah. I mean, evil. Yeah. Like, certified. That moment, that moment where he... Yeah, that, that where he's like, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not going to be like, okay, okay, the jig is up. Like, I'm yeah. not going to let my friend get arrested. But he's not his friend. For, well, yeah. a guy who's, you know, yeah, I'm on good terms with that I'm friendly with. Oh, yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, completely crazy. Yeah, I was, I was, I was making a reference to uh, Saul and Dale. Saul and Gale? Saul and Dale. In Pineapple Express. Oh, I don't remember that movie yeah. that well. Sorry. All right. <laughs> There's a reason a lot of people don't remember that movie so well. All right. Uh, let's talk about yeah. celebrity cameos for a second. We get Steve Coogan, who's famous in England at the time. But I, I, you know, I was looking up his IMDb and where this comes. He's not a household name in America at this time, I don't think. But, uh, you know, obviously a big deal in England. Uh, we got Jerry Gurkic, as you mentioned, from Parks and Rec, as yeah. a police detective. But, uh, yeah, uh, nobody of significant note. Nobody playing themselves in this episode for the first time. Right. Although, as I said, Woody Holzman, not a not a famous uh, actor, but yes, but a big cer- uh, cer- yeah, so not someone that you would recognize, but like certainly people in the biz would know her very yeah. well. Very uh, very successful, like Martin Scorsese. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, not not necessarily quite to his uh, level. Yeah, that's that a joke. But, yeah. yeah, but I mean, you know, Wicked is one of the most successful uh, yeah, musicals sure. in history yeah. of Broadway. She I mean, she's it. oh, she's more like Larry David pre Kerr, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Ironically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, is it time for us to go to the postman? Uh, yes, let's head over and see what the postman has. Uh, postman! Uh, postman, come uh, here! here Tell the yeah. neighborhood! Right. And we have, let's see, one, two, three, four emails today. The first one is going to come from William Blake. Mm. And he says, hey, Alex and Av, my name is William. Olivia have... Rose is not here today, or is the order? Yeah, not here today. She'll uh, write in from, yeah, she's writing it out of order. So yes. yeah, we'll get her feedback on this episode in a few weeks. And, you know, yeah, something like that. We accept any emails about any episode or really any, any subject. Yeah. <laughs> if you send an email to prettygoodcurpod at gmail.com, I will most likely read it on this podcast. Unless if you, you write any words on Apple Podcasts, I will read those as well. Of course, you're always reminded to please give us a five-star rating. Um, if you're not willing to give us five stars, we will also accept four and a half. Uh, below that is really not ideal, but like, again, it's a free country. You know, we, we, we appreciate any feedback. Mm. So William Blake says, hey, Alex and Av, my name is Will, and I have early middle Alzheimer's. I missed the funk man and was disappointed at Leon for showing so much maturity and discretion by saying no to the fake mugging plot. <laughs> come with guy Jeff he was a great friend this episode fucking asshole is Cheryl's therapist play God with the relationship is a fucking asshole move four pretties out of five hmm. so on offside there next up is Jared Jerome who says asshole of the week Dr. Slavin for, ab- for abusing her power over Cheryl spend her to make rash personal de- decisions based on whims and much worse manipulating her patient and intentionally giving her poor advice at least to the extent that not getting back together with Larry could be considered poor advice because mm. she had the hots for Larry and wanted to do some tapping. Only Leon gets tapping free of consequences in the current world. Mm. Certainly not one Dr. Slavin. Mm. Yes. Come with Guy. He agrees. It's Dr. Bright. That's right. It's an all therapist leaderboard today. In the appropriately named episode, Dr. Bright makes a mistake. Who of us has it? By telling Larry to give Cheryl an ultimatum. But then comes with Larry to apologize to take maybe a little bit too much blame for the mess up. Then when Larry needs getting on Slavin's good side, Dr. Kawith takes the reins from a neutered Leon and pulls off the fake mugging heist that I feel like I've seen a hundred movies before. Yeah, that's oh. true. This is like a pretty uh, tropey situation. Yeah. yeah. 
he gets caught by the police, doesn't rat Larry out, and barely complains. He goes, why does he not mention anything to Larry? That's a great point. <laughs> he goes here, he goes there, he does whatever Larry wants, with nary a complaint. I'll say this, though. Imagine if he didn't agree to do the heist and we got to see Leon fuck up Larry instead. Forget it. I take it back. Bright is the asshole of the week. Mm. Uh, really? Okay. Wow. That's a no, I mean, he's, oh, Well, no, okay. he's kidding. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, okay. Then he gave the uh, the hype bonus and he says, okay, fine. Bright is back to come with Guy because he undersold his height. Larry is now the bald asshole of the week. Oh, okay. All right. I got it. Okay. <laughs> Uh, for the rating, he said, I felt this was a basic, simple, straightforward, but very solid episode that had to be engaged. Wasn't too far, far-fetched. I had some funny moments. Leon's all-too-brief scene again, and Coogan's physical comedy, when he tries to avoid the cops, then gets caught, then briefly escapes, then gets caught again. Yep, that was, yeah, that was the best part of the episode. Yeah. Uh, good stuff. Um, I ranked the episode 15th out of 59 so far, give it a pretty, pretty, pretty good ranking. That's four pretties and one not pretty. Yeah. Finally... Props to both therapists for never actually betraying the privacy of their patients without consent. Yeah, wait, wait, we're, we're, yeah, I'm not clear about that. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of shenanigans by the two with some immoral behavior, but no actual provable breaches of patient doctor confidentiality. Confidentiality. Kudos to all in a job done. <laughs> I suppose so. Yeah, I, I, as I said, I think it's possible that like, they could have like skirted along the like the letter the the letter of the rule. Yeah. Uh, but certainly they're violating the spirit of the rule very bigly. Yeah, yeah. I, I, don't, I just don't know how Dr. Slavin gets on the phone there, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. To, to um, yeah, or Dr. Bright. Dr. Bright is doing, you know, just by going to tell Dr. Slavin. Is, yeah, he has to pick someone else, yeah. Yeah, unless it's, maybe there's a rule if you tell it to another person who's bound by confidentiality that it's okay. Probably not. That doesn't sound right. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, okay. Next up is Zach Brooks, who says, I'm with Chester. I remember nothing about this episode. Dinner to movie or movie and then dinner? Um, movie and then dinner. I think it's the right order. Because you want to talk about the movie. Yeah, but you're tired after the movie. Depends what time you see the movie, obviously. Cool. Also, I don't like to eat yeah, late. Yeah, depends what time you see the movie. Right. Yeah. I've definitely done dinner um, before yeah, the movie. I mean, I, like a thousand times more. Think about which one you've done more frequently. Yeah. I've done both a lot. I don't know. I, uh, you know. I like to talk. I really, I like really the post game. The, yeah, the but you still have driving back in the car or taking the. Eh, it's back not or... the same. It's rushed. It's rushed. Uh, okay. If it's a good movie. You want to sit. You want to break bread. Mm. You want. To, you want to talk through the movie. If it's a good. If it's a good movie, it depends on the yeah. movie. Mm. A bad movie, you want to eat dinner first. A good movie, you want to eat dinner after. I think uh, that's the rule. But you, you don't but know. You don't, you don't know going in. Yeah, that's the problem. You you sometimes know whether it's a movie yeah, that like true. you can expect that there's going to be a lot to talk about. Sure. Like if it's a movie you've been very excited for or whatever, like there'll be what to talk about, whether, no matter how good it is. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but yeah, I, give me that. Give me that breakdown. I want that post game breakdown. All right. Um, oh wait, he's still in the middle, and he says, "Fuck man is the asshole of the week. You got to walk." This episode was more nonsensical than the last one, and he gives it two pretties out of five. And then last up, as always, we have Olin Allen. He says, love this episode, and in particular, how wonderfully Steve Coogan, who brother Sammy will also be a big fan of, played off Larry David. Coogan's most famous character, Alan Partridge, was mentioned as a British virgin influence on the Larry David email in one of your earliest emails, too. That wasn't one of mine. That's true. I do remember that. Somebody... uh, recommended that we check out Alan Partridge show because they thought it was similar oh, yes, to Kirk. yes yes I do um, and that I guess has Steve Coogan uh, or you know that was Steve Coogan he was the main character um, and I, I think also creator or was involved in the writing or something um, 
They made quite the delightful pa pairing, and Coogan playing a nervous therapist, restraints from shouting, but getting his barbs and responses in a firm but quiet manner was a nice kick of pace, and another nice fun path that was explored in the aftermath of the breakup with Cheryl. Rating 4.5, pretties out of 5. Come with Guy is Dr. Bright for acknowledging his errors and ready to go above and beyond to rectify his ways, not overly angry about being arrested and in jail if Larry shuns him once too often. And the fucking asshole of the week is, despite giving me a couple of big laughs, it has to go to Marty Funkhauser, too lazy to walk for the fundraiser, and having chosen Cheryl's side and then indicating they are not back, he is pushing at Larry for a donation. Yeah, that's fair, right? He's, he's asking Larry to, to give money when he's just last week basically said, we're cutting you out of our life because we've chosen Cheryl. Yeah. That does make him uh, extra yeah. asshole-ish. Um, and that's it. That's the end of the mailbag. All right. Next week, we have the season finale, the bat mitzvah, an all-time episode, according to many. Uh, Larry will use Sammy's uh, bat mitzvah to try and clear up a nasty rumor about himself. The Blacks <laughs> will announce their return home. Larry will make another attempt at dating. You know, it's interesting. Every season has had, like, the long story arc. In season three, it's the restaurant. In season four, it's the play. In season five, it's the adoption. In season six, I guess it turns out to be the Blacks, but like during the season, you don't really realize that necessarily, especially because Leon has essentially become like the co-star of the show. So it's hard to even remember a time where like that wasn't the case. And by the way, the Blacks also show up in season seven right away. So right. it's not it's not really clear to me what, what the season arc is, uh, or maybe they didn't even intend to have it, which they didn't have in season one and season two. I mean, what's your take on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the two arcs are... The blacks, the and then like the the, the break breakup of Larry's of relationship. Larry and That's not foretold from episode one, is it? No, I agree. I agree. I mean, you can go back um, and see like hints, but you can see hints. In yeah, but like you can see hints from season episode one. But yeah, I mean, and as I think we've pointed out that like it's almost been like every other week where like the blacks are heavily featured and then they go away for a week, and that's probably more of a, a Cheryl and Larry centered episode. So like it almost feels like there's like two separate tracks to the season that finally converge at the very end when Cheryl leaves for good, and you know, as we'll see. Uh, how uh, Larry and the Blacks uh, remain together going forward. Uh, well, you know, I think that's a pairing that we uh, are all going to agree will be. Pretty, 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 pretty good.